Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome back, Brad, to this episode of Blue Collar BS. How are you doing today, my friend? I am 100% fantastic, Mr. Stephen Doyle, on this great, sunny, warm Friday afternoon that won't be the same when the show episode. Heck no, it won't. (laughs) Heck no, it won't. It might be snowing and raining or sleeting and icing by then. Or it could be, you know, 90 degrees in November. (laughs) Might be. Could be. It just might be. I highly doubt it. So any any good uh, show plans coming up? Show plans. Yeah, yeah show, show plans. plans. Show plans. You know? Yeah, we show got great plans. show plans. We got great show plans. We have uh, Mr. Ron Newsbaum on our, on our show today. Um, we're also using a brand new platform to record this show, so this will be very right? exciting as well. Um, Ron has been in the trades, in foundation work, in operations, all over the place in the blue collar world for pretty much his entire adult life and has a really awesome new adventure he's got going on in the communication space. And we are super excited to welcome Ron to the show to share his knowledge, wisdom, and, and expertise with us. So welcome, Ron. Hey, I'm excited to be here, guys. Thank you for having me today. That's awesome. No We're problem. so happy to have you. So the fir- before I get into any questions, I always mess this up. Brad always reminds me. So but let, let's just get my mistakes out of the way first. Which generational category do you fit in with? Uh, I would be a millennial. Like a I, true millennial, not you're right there. A true millennial, not the fake millennial that Brad calls. I, I me. would be that. That's where my age fix fits in. <laughs> I don't know if that's where I fit in with just kind of myself, but uh, if you were going to do it from the simplest way possible, that's what you would have to say I am. So sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade. I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you hear what he said? Yeah, yeah, I did. In, in the spade, the spade, Gen X, it is. <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want. So, so Ron, why don't you? So, let me ask you this question: What got you started in that path of of working with your hands and out in the field and doing things like that? What? How'd you get started? So, it's a it's a it's an amazing story. Is I got out of the Marine Corps, and that's what took me to Michigan. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio, but my wife was from Michigan, so I ended up there. And I was looking for what is that next chapter of my life look like? Where am I headed? What do I want to do? And being in the Marine Corps, you just, you have that drive, and you want to do something that is going to push the limits of what you feel you can do. And I was looking around. I kept seeing this ad on Craigslist for a foreman in training. And I wouldn't apply because I was like, 
I don't have any experience in construction. Absolutely zero. I had worked on cars growing up. I had, I was like, this, is this the right thing for me? And finally, one day I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Ron, you're a United States Marine. If you want to go work in construction, you can go work in construction. And I applied for the job. The guy who owned the company was an um, uh, uh, Army guy. And he's like, I love Marines. I'd be more than happy to bring you on board and train you. I love Marines. They just go get shit done and don't ask questions. That's exactly what he said. He said, I haven't met a Marine that I couldn't just rely on to go do the job. And he's like, I would love to have you on the team, even though you have no other experience. And he had just hired two guys that just graduated with construction management degrees. And here I am with, I don't have any of that. I have a high school diploma, but a willingness to work and learn and to show up. And that's what led me down that road. Awesome. What, um, what were your biggest challenges starting out with those, um, those, the the college kids I'll say versus the guy that had been um, doing other things in real life? I I would say my biggest Herder that I had to overcome was just the the terminology and what exactly was going to be happening. So I'm a pretty quick learner, but I still had to figure out exactly what we were doing because I had never been on a job site. I had never ran a jackhammer. I had never done any of that kind of stuff. So figuring that out was a herder, but I would say is I had a bigger advantage because I was hungry to go learn that because I looked at this as I was getting an opportunity. This wasn't me just getting a job because of my qualifications. I was looked at as saying, hey, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Go out there and prove yourself. And that's what I went and did. And you know, I'm a grinder and I loved every minute of it. And it was super hard. And there was days where I would have quit if I wasn't a Marine, because everybody knew on the job site, I was a Marine. That's what people would be like. Hey, he's the Marine over here. And I was like, I can't, there was days I wanted to quit so bad, but I was like, I'm not going to let these guys think they can do something a Marine can't do. Like that's not going to be an option. So I I think that's kind of what helped me push through all of that. And with some of the obstacles and some of the advantages that I had. What were some of the things that you felt like as you were growing yourself into that role, what were the, some of the things that you found to be helpful that were provided like on the job site or through the employer? I'll tell you, I worked with some guys that were amazing at just showing you exactly what to do. Uh, Once they figured out that once they showed me and I would run with that and learn and continue, once they saw that willingness in me to continue to grow within what we were doing, they would show me more and more. Uh, And then I would master that and I would move on to the next step like that, that willingness to learn for myself and their willingness to teach was amazing. And then that's what led to the success because if you got somebody that wants to learn and that you don't have somebody that's willing to teach, that person isn't, it's not going to be a good fit or last long. And I was blessed to be around guys that wanted to have guys do everything and continue to grow the company because they knew it was easier if we worked together 
than if we worked separately and they just tried to run a dictatorship. That's right. awesome. Yeah, that it's is awesome. It's well, even coming from. So, do you feel that? And we're picking on generations. Do you feel that your generation um, has kind of a, I guess, the black sheep, black eye syndrome in the trade industry? Uh, yeah, I would say that. So the trades, all the trades. And, you know, yep. we have a hard time of letting go of what the status quo is. Right. And I think every generation has had the same effect in the trades and not just the millennials coming in there. There's always a bad taste about what that future generation is bringing to the table. Uh, I, I don't music, music haircuts. Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't think it, it matters at all because I think, so you hear millennial stuff all the time right now. Cause that's yep. like, yeah. Uh, put a hot topic button it's a huge range of people you're going to have people like me and you're going to have people a lot younger than myself as well i mean i'm 37 i was born in 84 i'm at the front end of this but there's a wide gap there and i think if you look back in history you would have the same thing happening between the baby boomers and the generation that came after them that's happening today with the millennials. And one day, believe it or not, the millennials will be the ones that will be like, oh, my goodness, I can't even believe these guys. Can you can you believe they came to the job site looking like that? Right. Coming in their flip flops and T-shirts. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I just remember those days. Guys showing what, up you, like that. You were going to job shops, jobs in flip flops and t shirts. I I never showed up in flip flops and a t shirt. But I I've had people show up to whether it's to test facilities, foundries, forging facilities, and sites show up in tennis shoes, three belts, a torn t shirt. You know, show, showing their uh, midriff, and this is, you know, maybe they're people that are six foot tall, like, you know, showed up ready to work, and you're just like, um, all right, get your bag. And they're like, I don't have a bag. Uh, where's your tools? I don't have any. I was going to borrow yours. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, not this a good plan. Gonna work. This is not going to work. <laughs> This is not going to work. So with all of that great mentorship that you've received, you know, through the years working on site, what would you say to somebody coming in to the trades? What advice would you give them? I, I would give anybody the same advice starting anything is come in with an open mind and understand that you're there to learn and absorb the knowledge that people that are there are there for a reason. And you don't know everything, no matter where you're at, whether you're coming in as a brand new person, day one on the floor, or you've been around for a while and you're starting a new management or leadership role somewhere, that person that's going to be teaching you and showing you the ropes is there for a reason. 
and that you always have something to learn. I'm, I'm a firm believer then that that people are put around you for a reason and you have to figure out what that reason is and take that piece of information and allow yourself to grow from it. Yeah, that's great advice. And just kind of keeping the advice rolling, what advice would you get or an approach would you give to get younger generations involved in the industry? So I I think a lot of things that is happening is moving it in that direction. I'm a firm believer in moving the the construction industry forward. I, I think there's a lot of old mindsets that are involved around the construction industry and a lot of people that just think that, hey, just because this is how it's always been is how it's going to be. And that's acceptable. I don't believe that is. I, I, I believe we need to push the construction industry into the 21st century and start to look about this is that this is a career path. I came in swinging a hammer and running a jackhammer and then moved into managing and leadership roles of a staff over 100 people. The, this, this frowned upon image around the construction industry that, hey, they're just all a bunch of dirty guys that they're not going to be there on time and they're going to communicate bad is that that's the past and we need to move beyond that and let that be known that we want to move beyond that and not accept that and i i think that goes in with a lot of trades is just accepting that hey we're just as efficient and these organizations are just like publicly traded companies when it comes to what the leadership and the revenue and everything that it takes to run that machine, there's opportunity outside of just swinging that hammer. Now, swinging that hammer is probably going to be your way into door, but you have to. We have to be able to let this be known and continue to grow that because I think it just stops at, hey, you're the new guy on the job site. This is what it's going to be. And there's no casting of that vision out there to let people know what are the possibilities. And then at the same time, as industries should be trying to position themselves to say, hey, we're more than just a builder. We're we're a $100 million company. We're we're more than a manufacturer. We're a billion-dollar company. Like, the, the these companies are not just small little mom and pops these days and they allow that reputation to be around them. And I think we just need to start changing that and start talking about that, that these are big businesses and the guys that lead them and are involved should be praised. And we should look at them as being highly successful and not just somebody that's in the construction industry. Right. There's this myth, right. That if you're a, um, you know, $12 million company. Well, I'm just a small business. Well, at the end of the day, if you're generating $10 million of revenue uh, or more, you're in the top 2%, 1.5% of revenue generating companies in the U.S. Right? You're, you're in the 98th percentile or higher for a $10 million organization. Those owners don't recognize it, realize it, or behave like it because, well, they, they have that mindset of, well, you know, I got to be, got to make sure. Well, no, you're not. And they're not willing to tell people that their story and let them know that, no, we are, we are a really good small company. And yes, it's small compared to IBM or Ford or GM or any of the large fortune 500s. But, you know, the country runs on those $10 million companies. 
all over the place. Absolutely. And amen to you saying, tell your story, because that's what needs to start to happen. That story has to be told, because if it's not, there's not that narrative. And not only are these 10, 12 million dollar companies highly successful, is I'll tell you one thing that the corporate order don't want to talk about is margins in the trades are huge. Yes, they are. You can have a construction company doing $10 million a year on 20, 25% margins. Like it, people don't realize that. And if we start talking about that and it becomes, Hey, this, these guys are geniuses. We look at them. as just a bunch of guys out working with dirt or working with steel and concrete but at the end of the day, they're, they're geniuses when it comes to business. And we, we create that narrative and start allowing people to tell their story. That's when you start to see that change and that shift. And that's when a younger generation's eyes just go, whoa, wow. You're telling me I can be part of something like that and still have a feeling of camaraderie that's within the trades? That, that to me is amazing because you don't get that in a corporate order. You don't get that brothership or any of that kind of feel outside of the trades industry. Yep. Completely agree. All the shop floor guys or wherever it's, it's that community and that sense of purpose and that pride. And um, as you've been progressing through your, your career and, and, and watching, you know, younger people come in, older people come in and leave and back and forth. Have you seen a different level of of that pride factor versus i just need to do the task i think we definitely let this be like an in like a, a transitionary job like people look at it as i'm coming in i'm going to work this summer building houses or framing houses or uh i'm going to go take this part-time temporary job we've let that become kind of okay and acceptable and not talking about how you can have a career. This doesn't have to be something you do when you're out of school. This can be something that you do in coherence with why you're going to school. And then when you get out of school, go work for that same company where you work those summers because there is opportunities beyond just that entry-level position. And that's what I see is I think that's a communication thing is we're not – taking advantage of that. When you have people that are coming in, just looking for those summer jobs or those temporary jobs, and it fills the bill, but we let them walk away. They go continue to grow themselves, become more educated, and then the company's just like, well, okay, that was just the summer help. We let them continue on and go take their talent somewhere else when we could have been working on them from day one and getting them bought in on exactly what we're doing and selling the vision and the dream. And, and then when they graduate college or they graduate school, whatever they're doing, they're like, why would I want to go anywhere else? Let me go back. I'll work full time where I just spent my summers with everybody that I love and have that pride in what I was doing instead of going somewhere and doing something that doesn't create a spark in me or any excitement. Yeah, Absolutely. What do you feel? So I think between the three of us, we all have the same agreement that communication is kind of like a huge breakdown in 
you know, the, the trades and the blue collar space. Right. So yep. what do you, what do you, what advice knowing that, what advice would you have for companies today on the communication side from, to attract the younger generations to them? I, I think being clear and being yourself and authentic is more important than anything. I, I, I think you see too much of people trying to relate to somebody they don't relate to. And that just comes across <laughs> as phony. It doesn't work. I don't, right. I must have pushed some buttons right there. <laughs> oh, I've seen it all too often. And it, it just does it just backfires. It just does not work well because everybody knows that the foreman or the lead guy or the new guy is just they're not who they are and it just doesn't work well. It doesn't does not end well for any, everybody. No, not at all. But we're in a a lot of times a culture that is pushing that kind of agenda where don't be authentic. Don't be like, I, I'm a high D personality. I, I'm, I'm direct. And, you know, that can kind of be looked at and frowned upon. But I think being myself and understanding who I am in my communication is better than trying to be somebody else. So when I speak, at least people know where I am. They know who I am. They know who Rod Newsbaum is and where he's coming from, other than trying to change that. And we see all too often where people try to change who they are to try to be somebody else. And at the end of the day, that person they're talking to, they just want that person. They, like, they would just want me to be Ron and have that conversation as Ron. That's all they want. Completely agree. So communication is a big thing for you as you've now moved on to a new venture here um, with the nut nest uh, activity you got going on, which is all about communication. Um, talk to us a little bit about that product and what you're doing and, and how it's, how it has the opportunity to help connect, you know, the boomer old gen X guy to the 18 year old guy coming in and, and creating opportunity for success. Yeah, so what we're doing, and let, let me actually more kind of tell the story of why, because I think that gets lost in communication a lot of time. Is So through my years of working in the construction industry, I heard a lot was, hey, we love you. We love you guys. We love your crews. We love everything about you. But your communication sucks. And that right there is the root cause of the problem. And unfortunately, that's industry-wide. And this is looked at as being acceptable. So Nutness was born as a solution to how does a customer and a contractor better communicate to your other? Well, one of the things we found is it needs to be on a singular platform. There's way too many platforms out there. You have people using WhatsApp, iMessenger, Facebook Messenger, email, phone calls. So putting that down into one place where everybody can use it uh, allows us to be air traffic control for contractors. Uh, 95% of customer complaints in the construction industry, you can bridge back to a communication breakdown somewhere. And then that spired and that snowball kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you have, you know, a level five customer that is just irate and you're out at their house on a Sunday afternoon. So we aim to we aim to stop all of that. 
Well, by being air traffic control for contractors, our goal is to have every time a customer reaches out, they reach out to the right person at that company every time and get the answer they're looking for. So no more, hey, I'm not the guy. Hey, you need to call Sam. Or, hey, let me figure it out. And then the ball gets dropped. And how we're going to be able to bridge that generation or gap is this puts everybody on the same playing field. This isn't like you have to know some super technology. All platform for the contractors and home service providers we work with is all web-based. It's a mobile app for homeowners because that's what they want. They want to have their projects in one spot where they can look at that, have full access to their projects, see their feed, know exactly what's happening at their house. From a, con a construction perspective, where it's a web-based platform with a mobile feature on the website as well to control all that communication. And then when somebody reaches out, goes directly into a notification and email, and then you just go right to the NutNest site and communicate with your homeowner in one spot. So we're taking it out to where that 18-year-old kid is going to be using whatever the latest, greatest form of communication is in his mind. And right. the older guy that's thinking I should be getting a phone call, we're putting it on one place so they can communicate efficiently to your other. That's awesome. That is spectacular because that is the you are spot on that communication is the biggest problem. And, and it really is the biggest problem when it comes to change orders or things where there's just shit missed. You go to close out the job and all of a sudden the the, the owner or the, you know, the GC or whomever, here's the extra here's the extra fifteen thousand dollars for all the things we said we were going to do. Oh, well, I don't remember any of that. And now you're getting into a pissing match over a lot of stuff and who's going to eat what and no, it's this and whose egos in the way and then lawsuits and contractor by theft lawsuits come out and it's just no fun for anybody. So this is spectacular. So if somebody wanted to learn how, more about it and get a hold of you, Ron, how do they do that? Where do they find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn, Ron Newsbaum right on there. Uh, Ron at nutnest.com is my email address. Feel free to reach out that way as well. And then, of course, www.nutnest.com to find out more about exactly what we're doing, what that looks like, and also to schedule a free demo so we can go over exactly what this looks like with you and see if we're a fit for you. Is that one T or two T's in Nutnest? It's two T's. Just want to make sure, right? So everybody doesn't go and yeah, I didn't who knows what they're going to get that. otherwise. I don't want to send people places they don't want to go, you know? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so so I've been I've been wanting to do this for a bit. And, and Ron, you've been a great guest on this new platform. And try this. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So one of our friends, um, Ted Carew, who does a podcast called Ted Speaks Live. He's a, a fractional safety consultant. They do uh, dad jokes within their platform along the way. And so <laughs> I, I happened to get this box of dad jokes for Christmas this year from like a, a gag gift. So play along if you could, Ron. Just play along. This is this a brand new thing. Never been done before. This is the this first is time great. it's ever happened. It is. Um, it, it's, for the, it's for the clean job site, not for all those other ones, right? So uh, why was the math book so sad? Ooh. I don't know. 
it had a lot of problems. <laughs> wow. Here's the last one. Here's it's one card. Just one card. Two two sides. Um, what rock group has four men who don't sing? Mount Rushmore. Wow. Okay. The good news is I can edit this out. Well, you should have had the little sound. <laughs> uh, it's not working. I tried it. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Wow. I just need to try it. See what happens. It may right. make the episode. It may not. That's funny. Good outtakes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. So, Ron, I just want to say thank you very much for one, for our one-on-one a couple weeks ago, and two, for coming on the show and sharing your experiences and your passion for uh, supporting the industry to be better so that we can have a sustainable, long-living construction trades industry here in the U.S. and abroad. Um, Because without people coming into it, we're going to run out of people to do the things that that are really cool and, and build really cool things. So thank you so much for sharing your passion today. Absolutely, Brad and Steve. Thank you for having me. It has been a pleasure. And anytime you guys want to get together and talk, let me know. I I, I would love it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ron.